Hey there, this is Tammy File, and I'm so glad that you could join us today. We want you to know that whatever you're facing, we are here praying for you. And we pray that you're able to experience the presence of the Lord in your circumstances and that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you matter to God. For those of you who need a die, a death, you will live even though you die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. We got to pause for one second. This is heavy in my spirit. I got to say this. Do you understand that death is our name for a doorway? And that is all that it is. It is as um, immediate and real. It's even more real than our doorway that we walked in this building. We call it death and we fear it. But it is a doorway to the better life, to the fuller life. Now, I'm not ever saying we should be happy when someone passes away. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But if we stop seeing death as this mysterious void, and we sure hope that we've got it right about what goes on on the other side. But if you see it as a doorway from one moment, the shell is left behind and that person is fully alive and they wouldn't come back here for anybody on earth not for one person on earth no matter how much they love us because they've been living this life on earth to get to that moment moving on martha says yes lord she told him i believe you're the christ verse 27 the son of god who was to come into the world and after she said this she went back and called her sister mary aside The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who came, uh, who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. For those of you who struggle with a broken heart tonight, your God is affected by your pain. There's a scripture we studied in the first 11 weeks in Psalms, maybe 56. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing, but it says he collects every one of our tears in a bottle. Not one of them goes to waste. Your God is moved in spirit and troubled when you suffer. Verse 34, where have you laid him? He asked, come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Maybe the bottle of Jesus's tears is right up there close to yours. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man kept this man from dying? This brings us to a difficult place in our study. Both Mary and Martha, did you hear that both sisters started their appeal with Jesus with the exact same sentence? Did you catch it? If you had been here, he would not have died. If you had been here, it's almost like they're saying, Jesus, I trust your heart, but 
But if you had been here, I want to ask you ladies tonight, there is some place in you that may have already died and maybe a place of loss that you've already, you're still waiting for life to come there. And you would say to God, if you had blank. Now there's nothing for you to fill in on your outline because this is a question between you and God. And you won't have time necessarily in these moments unless he pops it in right now. But I want you to visit with this. What is it you would say to him if he came here and he said, tell me what is in your heart? And you would say to him, God, Jesus, if you had blank, then my story would be different. The sisters were right in what they felt because had Christ Jesus been there, perhaps he would have saved them. I need to give you a picture before we go any further of what freedom and life in the Christian's life will be. Because this next 11 weeks and the final six after that, the final six after that should be a a celebration of God's life, honestly. I think that's going to be just a joyful time for all of us. But this 11 weeks is visiting with this question of, of how God restores the human heart. We established that our heart is like a house. And you guys have begun your progress through familiar land. I hope it didn't rattle your cage. I hope you discovered yourself somewhere in there. Her house is her heart. That's why there's no windows. I know it feels horrible to have a house with no windows. And I can't tell you about the future of the story, although I would love to. But let me say this. We can't see into the depths of one another's heart until God does so much work. Now, we can see pain. We can see hurt. But we can also hide things in our heart, can we not? And certainly none of us can actually see the depths of suffering in another person's heart. That's why in the story it looks like it does. But what you need to know is what we are striving for, what makes this journey worth it in the end is our definition of freedom. And I want you to see what I'm going to call freedom as freedom equals God's life flowing wherever death Rained. I don't believe it's on your outline. I'm not. I'm, some of this stuff came to me after we got your outlines into the print. Freedom is God's life flowing wherever death reigned. There was some blockage in your heart that you have had countless blockages in your life, in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind. In your body, for Pete's sake. You understand, ladies? Can I give y'all a word here? This is a personal one, but I'm going to say this, and this is for the gentlemen too, but you women, we understand it better, probably. Do you know that every emotion you have ever experienced has been mitigated in the tissues of your body? Have you ever realized that? Every feeling, good or bad, has a chemical reaction in the human body. And your tissue and cells had to deal with it. So some of us had very deeply troubled times and our bodies still cry out in pain because all of that hasn't been fully healed. So I just want you to understand even your body feels the stresses of what your heart and mind have endured. 
But freedom is wherever there was a blockage, wherever there was something broken, wherever there was something lost, stolen, or dead. Freedom is when God's life begins to flow there. And that, ladies, is what we are striving for, to give God complete access to so that we can live in that life. Okay, we're going to read on in verse 38 now. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I wonder in your life what it is. It's probably connected to that question of, but Lord, if you had blank, then I wonder what in your life you've lost feels like it needs What in your life, we're not to that point yet, so hold on just a second. What in your life feels like there's no more hope that it could come back? She, Martha and Mary were beyond hope that Jesus could do anything about this. Four days, four days in the tomb, and he would have died and not immediately necessarily be put in the tomb. There's preparation and that kind of thing. It's too late, is what Martha is saying. And you don't want to open up that place. Sister, if your God shows up on a place where something has died in you, and he says, open that door, no matter what you think lies behind that door, no matter how much you feel shame about it or despair or hopelessness, let him open that door. So the question is, What have you already lost that has died? And the second question would be, what in your life presently would he ask you to let die so that he can receive glory? But that brings us to the second side of this this question, and that is, what in your life needs to be resurrected for God to receive the glory? What in your life needs to be resurrected? for God to receive the glory. Can I say to you, God is still resurrecting things from the earliest parts in my childhood, things I could never think could come back. And they don't come in exactly the same form that they were at that time. But then I, I recognize them. They feel the same way. 
I had no idea our God was into retrieval so much of the things we've lost. And your Bible study as you journey through this is going to have scripture after scripture to point you to God's heart in this particular matter. But there's something in your life that needs to be resurrected. Why? Well, partly because it needs to be resurrected and partly because God wants his name on it. We said his glory is his name, his signature on it. He wants it on there. So did you hear what Jesus said to her? A very bold statement. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. What is it that seems so impossible that only God could resurrect it? What in your life feels so far gone that you think, I didn't even, I wasn't supposed to have that thing. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's um, something that you thought you would be good at and you gave up hope on it because somebody told you you were terrible at it. Maybe it was just a wish you had, a place you wanted to go, a thing you wanted to do. Maybe it's far more powerful than that. It's part of your personality. You know, we can lose pieces of our personality as we travel through relationships with other people. Maybe that is what he wants. I remember in a long time ago, um, we would take these spiritual gifts inventories and, um, and personality inventories. My personality would come up melancholy. And that's because I had had to adapt to be orderly, organized, and run things. Since I was a very little girl, I had to take care of things. And then my jobs tended to be, you know, a person who takes care of things goes on to do jobs that take care of things. And so I did it seven, six days a week, whatever. But God began to teach me as my heart was beginning slowly to be put back together. Answer those questions, Tammy, based on Saturday, who you are when nobody needs you to be something different. Who are you when you're just able to live life? And I began to answer those questions and I began to see that there were things I had lost in my personality. Turns out I end up being a sanguine, go figure, that's an outgoing people person, but in a choleric, that means um, some leader tendencies. The sanguine stronger than the choleric, but so it just means I'm a bossy people person, I suppose. But the bossy comes after the people person part, actually. Actually, the bossiness has diminished over years. As you um, get further, you're, you kind of can get better in that. But anyway, it, maybe it's some personality stuff in you. But here's what I want you to know. If it seems impossible that God could bring it back, I need you to hear this tonight. Impossibilities are God's specialty. Impossibilities are God's specialty. Verse 43, Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. I wonder who in here tonight needs to hear God speak your name. Tina, come out. Heather, come out. Cassie, come out. If that touches your heart, and you wish you had heard me say your name, your God is doing it right now. That's his word to you. That is exactly his word to you. The good news Jesus tells Mary and Martha is this, I am the resurrection and the life. 
The resurrection lives inside of you. You're not just waiting on it. Now, he hasn't unleashed that thing in you yet. But Lynn, it already is in you. Jesus is the resurrection and he is the life and he is in you. And as we established early on, we get the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the Father. But how much of us does he get? He might be in the basement still. But the more you cooperate with his process, the more of you gets opened up and the more of you comes out. Jesus said, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. This lesson is about our need to die. God's need to reveal himself. That's his glory. And our need to be resurrected. He is in you presently. And he is preparing to unleash life within you. I love the verse 44 when Jesus says that he came out wrapped. The dead man came out, his hand and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Y'all, I can picture myself that way. I can picture it in my heart with people relationships. I can picture it in my spirit with God. There was a time where I felt dead and so bound up. If I could put a bunch of ropes around myself, I would say to you, that's how I feel before God. And that's how I feel before people. And maybe I ought to lay down because I feel like I'm getting run over by both. And I'm not saying feel sorry for myself. I'm telling you that just seemed to be the evidence of life. The enemy takes that stuff and says, see, this is what it is. This is your reality. But I'm not bound completely anymore. And, and he's still, I told you, he's calling me to die to something. And that means there's some part of me that's got grave clothes on. And I think it's a very, very long ago part of me, a very long time ago part of me. But you know what, sister? When his timing is fulfilled, no matter how long I have to stay in this tomb and follow him in the process, how, how long he waits so that my faith will grow and his glory will be increased, there will come a day. And if it's before May 31st, I'll say it to you. I'm not bound there anymore. And I'll celebrate that. There's no pride in that. That is, look what my God has done for me. And Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. My dear friend, Joyce, you've seen my grave clothes. Those of you who know me and love me a long time, I could be pretty prickly too. Our grave clothes can go. So my question for you, I've got two final thoughts. What in your life needs to be resurrected? But the final question I have for you is a longer one. What in your life needs to die? What in your life needs to die so that something new can be resurrected so that God can receive glory through it. It isn't just the dying and it isn't just the resurrection. It is three parts. We need to die. We have something that needs to be resurrected, but God needs his signature on it because when he does that, it will shout to the people around you about who he is. Listen, God writes in his word who we are. And we spend time every single day during the week, we spend time studying what his word says. But a life transformed demonstrates who our God is. My final question is this. My final thought is, 
All of us want to experience the resurrection, but few of us want to do the dying. Can I ask you from one hurting heart in a way to another, if God is asking something to die, that you cooperate in his process. You don't die tonight. The dying process usually takes a little bit of time. And sometimes you feel like you're in that tomb waiting for resurrection, bound, waiting for new life. But I want to ask you to follow him in this question and follow him in the question of what he wants to resurrect in you. And then purpose in your heart to let his signature be on all of it. for listening in. I pray that God has stirred something within you today. You can find more information about this study at TammyFile.com.